You know what doing this episode made me realize, though? What? So, I know my big claim to fame is that I constantly say, I didn't have cable growing up, which is true. I didn't have cable until I was 15. Uh-huh. I got cable 20 years ago this summer. But guess what is also 20 years old? The, the album we're talking about today. Yeah. But here's the thing. I looked up all the videos for my songs, and I was like, I don't remember any of these. Oh, I remember every single and one. Of, uh, no, almost I remember, every like, single I remember one two of them. I remember two of them, and that's it. And I'm like, huh. These all came out when I had cable. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Because I was watching much in MTV a butt ton because I was 15 and just got cable. Well, here's the thing about cable when I was growing up. When so I was growing up, cable you know, was... When I was growing up, cable was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. But it was. Well, but it they was. Have, they have cracked down on that shit. They sure did. You cannot steal cable. So, you can't even give cable to somebody in a different level of your fucking house. Hulu is like, nah, bitch. Multiple sign-ins. There you go. Same with you Netflix. You can't do that. Uh, anyway. Anyway, we digress. So, Cable. When I was a kid, we had an illegal black box that got us Strike it up! Strike it up! <laughs> That's every no. time I hear black box. I'm sorry, but I'm not. Not the same kind of black box, but I really wish that every time I press the power button, it goes, Strike it up! <laughs> That would have been great. Oh, my God. Cable... Missed opportunity, cable black boxes. You know boxes. what? Cablevision really fucking missed out on that shit. But anyway. Again, we digress. I digress again. Um, so I we had this illegal black box. So we got like pay-per-view and Showtime and all those paid channels for free. Yeah. But my dad was so paranoid about it that he wouldn't let us watch it between like 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. because he was convinced that there were cable vision guys driving around in their vans around the neighborhood and like detecting if you were if you had an illegal box that's adorable so we couldn't watch it he also wouldn't let me watch mtv even though it was a normal channel that you didn't have to pay for yeah that's weird he wouldn't let me watch watch it i think he just didn't want you to watch MTV. he didn't want me watching it i specifically remember Right before, like one day before I went to school, I was, I had the TV on MTV and it was playing the video for Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana. Oh yeah. And he, it is, it's a really great video. And he walked into the living room. He's like, you don't need to be watching this so early in the morning. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck does early in the morning have to do with anything? (laughs) Oh, but welcome dads. Intro to dad 101. So, right. There you go. Welcome anyway. to rock candy. <laughs> we're not talking about my dad and oh my illegal God, we are not talking We're not about talking about black box either, unfortunately. I know, but we should somehow bring black box into this conversation someday. We already did. I mean, but really. But on a grander scale. Yeah, I'm here for it. Favorite black box songs, go. Anyway, welcome to rock candy. We are your weekly podcast, bringing you sweet treats from the world of music, stories and tales told by us, little factoids, little pieces of trivia. Whatever you're looking for, we got it right here. Aww. Yeah, if you ever have to go to a 90s trivia, we got you covered, listen, bitches. Listen to us first. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And we have a wonderfully self-indulgent episode, in case you haven't told, couldn't tell by this point where we've rambled about stupid bullshit. Yeah. We're going to continue rambling about I stupid mean, bullshit because we're talking about, now that's what I call music, three. three. Fuck two. It's all about three. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them, guys. I'm not. We're not going to cover everyone, but we do remember we got a very positive response from doing it last year. <laughs> so actually. why not do it again? We need a goddamn break. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I need a really good laugh, and this has been a great laugh. Yes, already. Already. Before we even started recording. (laughs) We've already been laughing a lot about this. So we're here for the laughs. We're here for the fun. We hope you are, too, because I think we all need more laughter. We all deserve it. We do. I think we've earned it at this point. It's coming to the end of summer. Summer's winding down. Yeah, summer's winding down. We got some some heavy shit on the roster yeah. uh, in the coming months, so let's just chill out and have a fun time. Also, Halloween soon. Yeah. I, I'm pretty much like after Labor Day weekend, I'm like, just watch Halloween. over me Halloween. I'm ready. Give me all the spoops. I'm ready for the spoops. Anyway, not spoop time. Still in summertime, which I think is a perfect time. For now, that's what I call music three. Word, but these also are some the summer jams. But also the beers we're drinking. Oh my god, we couldn't really find a thematic <laughs> beer. It's hard. It's the this was a. It was one of those things where three or four months ago, I would walk into the beverage center and be like, "That would be great if we did another mixtape. That would be great if we did another." Now that's what I call music. But I'm gonna leave it here. It's gonna be here forever. Beer's expensive. And then I fucking walk inside. This week to try and find one? Gone. Gone. She's gone. Every single one. All right. All right. My beer's not <laughs> in the fridge anymore. She's I'll gone. I'll be the devil to replace them. <laughs> but yes, we just went with a bunch of beers that we've been wanting to try, honestly. And they're or, all very honestly, self-indulgent, sweet, candied-like variety mix pack just like now that's what i call music it's a mix pack like it's a it's a it's, mixed bag it's of overindulgence mix. that no one fucking asked it for. is pick and mix pick and mix which i love i love that fucking term mix it's and so, picks it's so cute yeah the english are cute i the love english. the english Aww. you're so pick cute and mix. but we we've started off the evening with westbrook brewing co mexican cake which is a product of the usa it's not Mexican. Which is no. funny. And it is a malt beverage with cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, cinnamon, and habanero peppers. I don't think that's how you pronounce it. No, I it's not at all. I, I appreciate white. the try. I'm fucking white. What do you but want? But it is, it's delicious. It's a little too habanero It's a little for spice for us. Because I am a white girl who... Mayonnaise is spicy. Mayonnaise is spicy, so... <laughs> we are... Any beer with habanero in it is fucking spicy. <laughs> It is so it it I'm gonna have the worst acid reflux. I know. We are following it up with some maple breakfast stout from 14th Star Brewing Co. From St. Albans, Vermont. What what? I like that place. I like Vermont. Vermont can get it. <laughs> sure. Just stick your dick in Vermont. I, That's will stick, all you- I will stick my dick in Vermont all day. I would. All day, every day. Yeah. And uh finally we're gonna end on up with uh, some evil twin brewing. Partnering up with Decadent Ales which, for Decadent Delight, which is an imperial stout with pistachio, cinnamon, and coconut added. And both of these breweries are fucking delightful. Right. Decadent makes an IPA that I can get down with. Yeah. So I'm excited to try this one. Yes. I mean, we haven't even gotten to try all of our beers yet. So yet. who knows? We might even interrupt. Like, this shit's good. Yeah. I'm, especially if it's delicious, but I haven't tried it yet. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We're, uh, again, super self indulgent episode. Maybe self-care is more than just, you know, alcohol and fun. Sometimes you got to dig deep, but I'm really sick of digging deep. I really just want superficial bullshit at Honestly, this point. Honestly, I it's it was really nice to be able to do all of my notes within a few hours like over the weekend. Yeah. So, it's kind of nice to do these kind of episodes. Yeah, it's nice to have fun, guys. So, let's have fun. 
Let's have fun. And let's get into it. <laughs> now that's what I call music three. I guess we can have fun with the first track. I think we can have fun with a lot of these tracks. Hey, guys, do you remember the 90s? I'm going to have so much fun making fun of the band in the first track. Yeah. For real. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to go back into the history of now collections. We did do that briefly at the first one one for now one. Mm -hmm. America's now one anyway. So if you want to know about that, you can go dig in. But these are just, I mean, if you don't remember or if you don't know, I don't know, maybe like, I don't know, maybe you just don't know. Um, these are just compilation albums that record execs made to make more money. And they took the popular songs at the time. And then oddly enough, a much bigger than this time than the first time, a giant chunk of unknown songs that maybe they thought would get popular. I'm in doing my own research on the, on my songs in this playlist. I'm pretty sure that at least for this iteration of now, um, it was released by MCA Records mm-hmm. because most of the bands and the groups that I covered were on MCA or a subsidiary of mm-hmm. MCA. So I think they put these quote unquote new acts on it because yeah. they were under the MCA label That's fair. and they were trying to get them exposure. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's exactly what I yeah. think happens. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, whatever. No, you that's totally fine. But I just don't think it works. It sucks for our research because we like, can't buy shit on them. Because they're unknowns. But uh, I would say, let's go ahead and get into this. Let's just fucking do this shit. The first act is not unknown. I oh, mean, oh, buckle up, buckaroos. Oh. There are some gems, G-E-M-S, gems on this record. And our first gem. Yes. It's Smash Mouth with All Star. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. really fucking hate these assholes for putting a line from Lord of the Rings in it. Fuck you. She's so Fuck triggered. Fuck you. I She's am so triggered. super triggered. Fuck your Lord of the Rings reference. You don't get that, bitch. Have you ever seen the YouTube video where somebody just took somebody just took the first word, somebody, and like the whole song is just somebody, 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 somebody. No, I need to watch that. It's, it's not as good as it should be. But it's funny for about 30 seconds. It's kind that of makes like, it worth it. It's kind of like the video I sent you about uh, that was just the Friends theme song with oh clapping that never stops. God, so it's good. so good. If you love irreverent comedy, we've got some YouTube videos for we you. We got YouTube videos for days. We do, though. And memes. We got oh good man. memes. Oh, especially if you want them White Claw memes. We got them good, good White Claw memes. Good, good White Claw memes. Anyway... Let's yes. fucking talk about Smash Mouth. All right. Let, should we? Uh, we have to. All right. So Smash Mouth is... <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even give a fucking straight face <laughs> when you're trying to talk about them. Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Can't it's keep it's going face. great, guys. It's going real good. It's going great. It's great. Anyway, Smash Mouth. The epitome of late 90s pop rock. Oh, 
the band with young Guy Fieri in a shiny bowling shirt and baggy cargos is behind it the mic. Young Guy Fieri, or is it young Sammy Hagar? I he's more Guy Fieri. No, he is. You're right. You're right. But he kind of has the like balls of Sammy Hagar. But he doesn't have the talent to back it up. Agreed. All right, there we go, Guy Fieri. All right. The true pinnacle of Mick G's music video resume. <laughs> the band no one asked for yet never went away. Yeah, they're still They still in try. Existence. They still try. Let's go back to a simpler time. Oh. Before All Star became the earworm that just might drive you to scoop your own brain out of your head with a soup spoon. <laughs> Before this band existed, Singer Steve Harwell was in a rap group. Yeah, he was. Called FOS, or Freedom of Speech. Oh, boy. <laughs> Guitarist Greg Camp and bassist Paul Delisle were in a punk band, so clearly that meant these guys would make beautiful music together. Sure. Question mark? But they all got together anyway, made a garbage album called Fu Manchu. They managed to squeeze out a huge hit called Walking on the Sun. Yeah. Actually, I used to really like Fu Manchu when I was in high school. I still have it. <sighs> but I, I I'm going to skip over that. <laughs> no, but you know, it's like you just have like your old CD book from when but you were like, in high school and you never really opened it once MP3s yeah. were a big thing. But I mean, Fu Manchu was very different than their, oh, it's, than their other albums after they that. They do have a little... Walking say, on the Sun was an anomaly. I don't want to say harder sound, but it's not the pop rock bubblegum that yeah. this album is. Yeah. But there it's was still, not it's still not good. There was still some punk influence yes. in it. I suppose maybe All Star came about because Smash Mouth's record label thought their second album, Astro Lounge, didn't have any singles on it. So Great Camp, the band's lead songwriter, ran back into the studio and shit out this song and another <laughs> hit when the morning comes in only a couple days. Literally. Literally shat, shat them, them out. out. Yeah. Steve Harwell must have had a good relationship with his doctor because he keeps breaking his arms, jerking himself off over this song. <laughs> Literal quotes. Nobody else could have sang that song. I could have pitched that song to a million bands and they would have tried to do it and it would would have never been what it is. Anybody could sing that song. But anybody could play that song. Nobody even wants that song. But nobody did because the song fucking sucks. Nobody could deliver hot garbage quite like I can deliver hot garbage. On a silver platter. Nobody can do this song. My fucking God. I could fucking do this song better than you and I suck at singing and I can't play any instruments. All right. This is plausible. This is plausible. But I'm pretty thankful that no other band did that song because only Smash Mouth deserves the distinction of being the fucking assholes that gave us this goddamn piece of shit. And Shrek. And Shrek. And Mystery Men. That's what I actually remember this song from. Oh, I always associate it with Shrek. I but always honestly, associate it with Mystery Men. Because that's what they originally, that was the original movie they used it for. Because yeah. I think Shrek was like two years oh, later. Oh, Shrek was way later than that. Like 2001? Anyway, the point is, yeah. However, Mystery Men, universally panned. I kind of loved it. However, I do like Shrek. Yeah. I do like the Shrek movies. I know you do. The third and the fourth one are fucking hilarious. Okay. Believe me, they are. Okay. Is that what, is that what you needed to say? Yes, I needed to say that. Well, uh, 
That was a fun step back into the cultural zeitgeist. That was what a way to kick off the podcast. Oh boy, it's not going to get any better because I'm going to follow. What are you? I see your all star. Oh no! And I raise oh, you, no. Lenny Kravitz again, American woman. No. <laughs> He just sounds so weak sauce I singing fucking it. hate Lenny Kravitz. Like, I know you do. I it's really funny. I don't understand how somebody who presents himself as so interesting can make the most boring, white as fuck rock music. How? Yeah. How? I don't know. You could be so much better than also, this. Like, his daughter is gorgeous and super talented, and so I don't understand. A fucking delight. And I a love Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. She's great. Girl can do what she wants. Girl, your dad is boring. Yeah, your dad is like a boring And dad. now your mom is fucking married to Jason Lawnmoa, so. Upgrade? Super upgrade. Okay. All right. Oh, Good. super upgrade. Good. We're all here for that. Well, once again, bringing nothing new to the cultural zeitgeist is our pal, Lenny Kravitz. Thanks, Lenny. Thanks, Lenny. (laughs) Taking the classic tune originally penned by the Guess Who and simply giving it a modern rock facelift, like modern hard rock facelift. He trained it. He he trained it real hard. Oh, like drops of Jupiter train? Yes. Yeah. He just like put it It's real straight laced and real like tight. There's no real gritty grunginess to it like the original has. Every girl at a bachelorette party in Nashville dances like crazy to like this song. Like coyote ugly to this song. Yeah, they go coyote ugly to this fucking song. I say they just go ugly. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, but can we do. not? Well, no one really asked for this. <laughs> Nobody I, asked for I this. I certainly didn't. Nobody asked this for this. This is not on me. Okay, just a brief little dip into the original American Woman. Someday I'm sure we will cover this more extensively. Which is far superior. Yeah, I mean, we'll cover the Guess Who a little bit more extensively, so I'm not going to go balls deep, but it was originally released in 1970 to great success. Mm -hmm. You have likely heard the Guess Who version over the Lenny Kravitz version, because this kind of, like, burned out. Thank God. Yeah, thankfully. Okay, so the original song was apparently improvised on stage during a concert. After guitarist Randy Bachman replaced a broken string on his guitar... He strummed some chords while tuning it. He liked the sound and he kind of just kept playing them. That's kind of cool. And soon the rest of the band joined in. That's awesome. And fortunately, there was a kid recording the concert because that was back in the day when they would do bootleg recordings. Uh-huh. He was in the audience and he let them have the tape so they could remember it for later and they could build upon it. That's and cool. And as far as the lyrics, they were actually a form of protest against the Vietnam War, which is in full force and insanely unpopular at the time. Because mm-hmm. where this happened was in the Midwest, this concert. Yeah. So they were just like, fuck it, this war is stupid. We're going to sing about it. Yeah. And these people are going to get into it. And they did because nobody liked the draft. So clearly, it's the perfect song to be covered by Lenny in 1999 (laughs) for the second Austin Powers movie soundtrack, right? Oh, because Heather Graham was in the video. She's cute, though. I was like, Heather Graham. Heather Graham is a highly underrated actress. Like, she's a good actress. She's real cute. She seems like a nice person. I'm like. I support you, Heather Graham. You didn't get your due. She didn't. 
And if you watch the music video, you can see really like where Lenny lays off the political views and instead takes more of a sex appeal approach to the song. He turns the song that was definitely more of a protest that a lot of people misinterpreted as, you know, the guess who dissing America. And they were like, no, we're just saying the draft is stupid, but kind of disguising it as this American woman thing. Mm -hmm. And Lenny's like, I'm just going to take this and make it about my dick. Of course, because everything's about Lenny's dick. Everything. A man, you would think a man where everything is about his dick would be way more interesting, but he's not. he's not. He's not. You may notice that the cover version is missing the signature guitar solo that leads in. Is it because Lenny can't play guitar? I mean, it's because according to Lenny, he, quote, just couldn't get the sound, couldn't get the tone. So read that however you would like to read that. Lenny can't do a guitar solo. Well, yeah, pretty much. You can continue to be unimpressed with Lenny Kravitz. Thoroughly unimpressed with Lenny Kravitz. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, let's leave Lenny behind. I would love to leave Lenny (laughs) behind. I think we'd all love to leave Lenny behind. Yeah, we can go. We can go to the next one. Yeah, another gem. Another great one. Capital G. (laughs) What's my age again? By Blink One Eighty Two. this doesn't really hold up for me and no i this is one song from the 90s i never need to hear ever again I have actually a good handful of songs from the 90s I never need to hear again. But like this oh, I one. Have a, I have like a fucking dumpster fire full <laughs> of, of songs I never need to hear again. But yeah. this is one of them for sure. Yeah. But as soon as I mention the song's name, you're probably thinking of the iconic music oh, video yeah. The Boys of Blink-182 made. Mm-hmm. The video featured the band running through Los Angeles naked yep. with hijinks and funny situations ensuing. They're wacky. They're wacky They're guys. They're so wacky. Running Do you around how like wacky the, the 90s were? Remember, the 90s were wacky. Yeah, they were crazy guys. It's funny. It's immature. And it created an image of Blink-182 that Mark Hoppus, Tom DeLonge, and Travis Barker never, ever wanted. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Why would you do it then? I know Money, that's a little I know that's a little labels. victim shamey. Yeah. So I'll see what the story is. The song comes from the band's third album, Enema of the State, and launched them from hmm. Small Beans, hmm. California. Pu- <laughs> get it? Get it? Uh, get, get it? Get They're it. funny. They're, They're funny. Wacky. They're so wacky. No. <laughs> <laughs> it launched them from Small Beans, California punk band to mainstream rock stars. The song was originally called Peter Pan Complex, but their record label made them change the title because they didn't think Blink's audience would understand the reference, which is totally undermining the intelligence of Blink-182's audience. And, like, I'm not even giving them that much credit, but I'll give them that much credit. Yeah, like... I fucking understand what Peter Pan complex means. It's not that hard to fucking figure out, yeah. especially when you listen to the song. Yeah. Like, thanks, MCA. Yeah. Or yeah whatever. I mean, like, fuck you. Actually, if you do look at their song titles from their or their first two albums, they are a little bit more just like they're not like the song's chorus name. Like, damn it. 
Yeah. This, this must be growing up. And yeah. There's a bunch of, uh, Voyeur is the fucking, the window song, which is <laughs> what I was a kid I thought was hilarious. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they had more interesting titles and then they definitely dumbed down once they blew up. Yeah. Because record labels make you do that. Yeah. Because I guess, you know, nobody in the late 90s knew how to understand a Knew what reference? the fuck Peter Pan was? I'm, All right. <laughs> anyway. This move angered the band, but it would be nothing compared to when the music video came out. When While the band was totally into the concept of the video for about 10 minutes, oh my God. running naked through public places became really old really quick. And all of a sudden, Blink-182 were branded jokesters that couldn't keep their pants on. Uh, but they're con- just a band of fleas. A <laughs> band of fleas? Because flea from <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> He's always naked. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he had a sock on his dick, so. I don't think that makes it okay, though. It doesn't make it okay, but. It doesn't make me like flea anymore. It doesn't make me like any of the Red Hot Chili Peppers anymore. Fair enough. But nothing will at this point, so. Truth. But considering Blink-182's longevity and clear success, I don't think they have anything to complain about anymore. Truth. Being immature idiots with their dicks out got them pretty fucking far. Mm-hmm. And also, Tom DeLonge can afford to quit the band and be an alien conspiracy theorist now. So. That's... But you know yeah. what? I'm into it. I'm, I'm really into it. I'm really into that. I really want to, like, dive and really honestly, hard like, into this shit. Tom is the best member of that band. He was the cutest member, for sure. I think he was the most entertaining in general. Yeah. I liked him the best. And he's talented. Travis so is just him. like, I have a lot of tattoos and a drum. And then Travis like Mark Barker seems, Mark has seems a lot like, of marks against him. So Oh yeah, he does. But that'll be a story for another day. Yeah. But Mark also seems like a Debbie Downer. Yeah. Like I he mean, seems like the guy who gets like really high but then crashes really quick and like, All right, guys, I don't want to party anymore. Let's go. He's the Capricorn of this whole outfit. <laughs> is he actually a Capricorn? I don't know, oh. but he, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I've decided we made that choice. For him. I think I don't think you can do that, but I I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So that's Blink 182. What's my age again? Mm-hmm. What's that, next? That what's... little nugget of joy. What's next in the oh, hopper? I'm, I'm gonna spice it up a little bit. Ooh. Mm, you ready to get spiced mm-hmm. with some Enrique Iglesias? Ooh. Bailamos. Ooh. Ooh. Fuego. Oh, in fuego. Mi corazón es en fuego. That's the only Spanish I know. I don't know anything else. Uh, I said my heart's yo. on fire, which basically means I have heartburn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not. That is a fact. But I mean, after lie. those ebaneros in my beers, my like, cerveza. I know. I took Spanish for like six fucking years. I wasn't fluent. But I knew a lot, and I was a really good like reader writer of it. Better than a better that than a speaker. Oh, me too with German. I took but, German for a long time, and I can like read it and figure out what they're saying. But ask me to say a complete sentence. Hey, you know what? Unless it's a Rammstein lyric, I really don't know. If you don't use it. it, you do lose. You it. do lose it. Well, I'm not gonna lie. All right, I loved this song. 
back in the day. Oh. I actually, I remember this video because I would be like, you know, I was an angsty new metal kid by this point. Yep. But sometimes I had, I, you, you had just those like secret that songs. pop song. You had those secret pops. Oh, Every did. new metal kid had their secret pop songs. I really liked Hanson. I know. Well, that was a little bit before our new metal days. But it lingered. It, it, it creeped in there. All right. Creeped all right. in. But yeah, I fucking, I loved this. I was like, this is such a good song. Bailamos is Spanish for we dance. Just in case you didn't know. I imagine you could figure it out, though, because it's a song about fucking dancing. Oh, I didn't figure that out. Oh. I always assume every Mexican song is about food. Because uh. <laughs> I'm white think? and I think mayonnaise is spicy. Did you think bailamos was about food? I don't know. I don't know what bailamos means. It could be food. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's like Enrique Iglesias just singing this real sexy song about eating nachos. <laughs> oh, I'd be into that. Nacho Mos. <laughs> Bel Grande. Oh my fuck. <laughs> oh, yep. All right. He could sing the Taco Bell menu and I would be into it. Yeah, so seriously. Though, he, out of all the Latin invasion, definitely. Definitely Enrique. I mean, and Selena. Um, I mean, like, who I Anything fuck. for Selena. But also, Mark Anthony was really good, too. No. 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 If you close your eyes and don't picture him, <laughs> then it's then it's good. Oh, my God. So, so gross. the song wasn't written by Enrique Iglesias at all, though. It was penned by surprised. Paul Barry. I was, I was like, all right. But it's penned by Paul Barry and Mark Taylor. And Barry was assisted on producing it by Brian Rawling. This trifecta was the same team to put together Cher's hit song, Believe. Oh, which was the number one song of 1999. There you go. Didn't end up on Now, though. Did not, because Wait, I don't... Wait, didn't end up on Now, too? Oh, no. I highly doubt it. Huh. I don't think Cher's they could... like, oh, my, my songs aren't ended up on your bullshit oh. CDs. Oh. oh. Um, no, she... I don't think she was associated with the record label that put out Now. That's so. fair. That's fair. So, after one of Enrique's concerts, he was approached by Will Smith... What? Yes. So he could put a song on the Wild Wild West soundtrack, and Bailamos was the one chosen. Oh. And once that gained in popularity, Enrique was finally asked to sign with a label, and from there he joined Interscope Records, and that's where his popularity just blew up. Well, also, thank like you, Will Smith. Right? Like, you know what? For what it's worth, I hate his son, but Will Smith's all right. <sighs> Will Smith's children are problematic. I don't know. Because At least that just... whip my hair back and forth song's funny. Yeah. It's funny so, now. But yeah. like his kids take themselves real seriously yeah, as like, like legit artists. And I'm like Your daddy was you rich and that's why you're You don't do popular. anything. No. You don't do anything. But Will Smith, he's done a lot of good things, including getting, you know, Enrique Iglesias some notoriety. Well, you know what? The things you the things you learn. The things you learn. And some extra language barriers for us English speakers that I thought was a fun little tidbit is one of the most popular covers of this song was done in 2000 by Japanese singer Hideki Saijo with the chorus in Spanish, but the verses in Japanese. What? Which is funny to me because those are the two languages that I've learned with into any depth. Uh-huh. I've forgotten both of them. No, I can still bullshit Spanish a little bit. It's Japanese, forget it. I remember like 10 phrases and that's it. Yeah. But the point is, I when I listen to shit, I'm like, this is so weird. This is like, 
the most Maggie song to ever Maggie <laughs> when it comes to my language influences. It's That's really so weird. Freaky. But it's still sexy. All right. I mean, Palamos. It's take, just sexy. I'll take it. It's the sexiest way to eat nachos anyone's ever fucking asked for. <laughs> I mean, the next song, I wouldn't say is necessarily sexy. It's not. It's not sexy. Are you ready for your dick to shrink back inside your yeah. body? Well, actually, no. There are plenty of men that find this woman attractive, so they probably are not shrinking their dicks. But it's not like a sexy song. It's not at no, all. No, not it's, at all. It is uh, Sometimes by Britney Spears. Sometimes I love Yay. Yay. Late 90s was the heyday of teeny bopper music, so we saw a massive influx of boy bands and cute teenage girl singers. They could sing, they could dance, they were cute and bubbly. They had pants. And more importantly, they were fuckable. Everybody who was 13 years old wanted to fuck one of them. I... Or at least make out with them. I... (laughs) No, because, like, I... Even at that age, like, I just had a hard time getting into the boy bands. I don't know who I wanted to fuck it or make out with at 13. I just remember once I got into, like, rock and stuff, I had the biggest crush on Daniel Johns. Oh, yeah. Like, I wanted to just cradle him in my oh, arms yeah. and take care of him. It was Dan- of silver chair. It was Daniel Johns and Gavin Rosdale for me. Ooh, yeah. Britney obviously was the reigning queen of pop in 1999 with her debut album, Baby One More Time. Excuse me. Dot, dot, dot. Baby, Baby one, one more time. time. Thanks, Robin. Thank you. Shout out to Robin mm-hmm. for making that happen. Originally, Teen Queen wasn't in Britney's scope. She wanted to be a soulful singer-songwriter type like Cheryl Crow or Alanis Morissette. Huh. But her label convinced her that bubblegum pop was the way to go, and so her career in pop was born. She did also like Robin, though. She did. Which was kind of, not bubble. She was more R&B, I feel like, R&B pop. She worked with the same songwriters Actually, that Robin yeah, did, too. Yeah. You would know that if you listen to our Robin episode. Mm-hmm. But also, too, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Britney was more into everything that wasn't what they wanted her to do. Yeah. She wanted to do pretty much... She wanted to Lilith Fair that shit. Aww. But they didn't want her to do that. Or even at least, like, R&B it. Yeah. Huh. Oh, it's... I feel kind of bad for Britney now. No, I Every... feel really bad for Britney. Everything could have been avoided. <laughs> If Everything they just could have let been her avoided. Express herself. Interesting. Yeah, huh. yeah. Isn't Funny that, how that works. Ain't that some shit. Ain't that some shit. Sometimes was the second single from that album, placing in the top ten in eleven countries. But of course, there was controversy. But this controversy didn't happen until years later, after Sometimes was released. Hmm. Steve Wallace, a singer from Indiana, sued Britney and Sony BMG because he claimed he originally wrote the song, and Britney and her team stole it from him. Oh. Okay. However, he never copyrighted the song, and Britney's team consisted of Max Martin and a group of Swedish writers and producers that never would have heard the random song by some random dude in Indiana. No. 
Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. The lawsuit was thrown out after Steve Wallace produced his quote unquote evidence. Oh, I think I remember this. Which was a clearly faked email, (gasps) supposedly from Britney Spears, acknowledging that he wrote the song. The judge didn't buy it and quashed the lawsuit dead in its tracks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, dude. Like, clearly... This guy did have some some issues, but, like, clearly he had some unchecked mental health issues that, like, prevented him from thinking rationally. Yeah. And he very much thought he wrote this song, and he did not. Oh. I wonder if they were like, ooh, honey, we gotta handle this delicately, because this man is clearly crazy. Honey. Honey. Oh, seriously. Woof. Mm. Ooh. Well, you know. But- Next. But next. <laughs> and unfortunately, still living in the realm of bubblegum pop garbage. Ugh. Ugh. I Man. have the joy of presenting you all with Backstreet Boys, All I Have to Give. Yay. to give to you fuck this song yeah my d my d is all i have to give it's all they but have. also not backstreet boys's best song like i couldn't even get backstreet's back i had to get fucking <laughs> all i have to give you couldn't Ugh. even get the clear thriller ripoff Ugh. you had to get this one Ugh. a boy band classic Ugh. and in, what's weird is that this song is both on their debut and sophomore albums is it? They put it on two albums. Why? Because I don't know. Pop could music they... is generic and boring. Did they? Could they not find enough Swedish pop songwriters to write them a I new guess song? Not. It just goes to show the extent of the creativity in this fucking industry. I guess so. Woof. You know what? I blame this on Lou Pearlman. Um, I think we should blame everything on Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman is awful and I'm blaming everything on him. Again, we'll say it again. Again, we'll say it again. We'll say it again. And again. And, and again. again. And again. And again. YouTube read free and watch the Lou Perlman documentary. Seriously, watch it. Also, um, wait for Nick or not Nick Aaron. Car- Aaron Carter to defend him. Ugh. What happened to you, Aaron it, Carter? It's worth watching. Meth, Meth is Meth what happened. happened. To him. Meth happened to that family. Yeah, it did. Period. Uh worth watching just for that. It's fair. The song was written by hip hop group Full Force, which I'm like, oh, I guess I could hear like that hip hop oh, okay. influence. But and Boy while I've never tr- really heard of Full Force, they have been known to work with not just pop groups, but legit acts like Patti LaBelle and Selena. Selena. Look, there's nothing interesting about this song. Mm-mm. It's as milk toast as they fucking oh, yes. come. It looks like the music video won the 1999 Teen Choice Awards, oh. <laughs> but I have no idea why. It's teens. And maybe, it was teens in 99. Was, we didn't know what we were there doing. There was a smooth fedora dance that they like to do, and that was in it. But that oh. was basically the most... I it's, I don't... I don't... It's No. This no. is the most no. boring fucking thing that I've... I, I'm asleep. You can't even... <laughs> 
formulate a real sentence. I can't formulate real sentences, and I had no real notes on this because, like, you know who the Backstreet Boys are, and if you don't, good. Yeah. Good for you. I'm happy for you. And But also, you're lying. And also, <laughs> it's just not... There's nothing in this song. Yeah. There's nothing worth fucking I mean, talking about. We can move on to the next one that is... I'd much rather move on because honestly, like, I I think I was already done. I think I was already, like, by the time I started listening to this song, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I think I got what I need to get out of this. Yeah. Backstreet Boys are such a background. All of those pop bands. Such, like, a background thing. I still get down to NSYNC, but I was an NSYNC girl, so. I wasn't either. I didn't really get into the thing. The boy band thing? Yeah. I was I was just really into NSYNC. And I really liked Hanson, and that was about it. I was too busy listening to, like, angsty female guitarists like Sarah Mc... Well, Sarah McLaughlin had her angst, and Tori Amos, and Alonso Morissette, and Paula Cole. I was really into them, too, but, like... I don't know. I just... I, I missed I missed the boat. So yeah. you had that Hans Hanson's, like, a gateway drug to boy bands. But Hanson's, like, legit. I'm not saying they're not legit, but they're a... Ga- that's the thing. That's the Mbop thing. Mbop is, is gateway- a gateway drug. Mbop is a gateway it drug. It is. Yep. Mmm, gateway drug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's legit. But anyway, let's go to the next one. All right, one. let's move it's, on. Uh, I'm, done t- with, I'm done with fucking boy bands. Yeah, it's Tell Me It's Real by Casey and JoJo. Casey and JoJo? We talked about them last time. We did. That was smooth. Smooth, you know, smooth you know, jams. You know what else is smooth? Oh. This Decadent Delight by Evil Twin Brewing and Decadent Ales. You just cracked, cracked that open. It I was, did. It's quite good. It's I highly suggest this. I'm not going to lie. It's an expensive-ass fucking can, <laughs> but it's very decadent and delightful. Also perfect to accompany this Casey and JoJo song. It kind of like it was, it was a nice, smooth drink while we listened to our sample. And... Honestly, I don't really have a whole lot on this song because I couldn't find a whole lot. It's kind of just a straightforward R and B ballad. It was probably their. Is, it was probably their follow up to All My Life. It was right? on the next. It was on the album after the one that All My Life was on. Right, but I was there but anything was, else besides All My Life on that album? Honestly, in our hearts, there is nothing but All My Life. Like Casey and JoJo definitely fell into the trap of being one hit wonders and. I to us they were one hit wonders because we weren't like really into the R and B like deep into the R and B. Okay, I wasn't. Shit. I was right. You're right. All right. Um, but they definitely were not one hit wonders. This was actually a really big hit for them. Oh, <laughs> but but okay. if you if you don't know who Casey and JoJo are, they're an R and B group comprised of brothers Cedric and Joel Haley, who used to head up the truly awesome group jodeci oh my god but that's right and they are fully affiliated with missy elliott which gives them cred that i couldn't even right, dream of having four days yeah this song was a huge hit for them reaching number one on the billboard charts just behind christina aguilera's genie in a bottle you gotta rub her the right way come on and let her out <laughs> but anyway i mean i guess yeah i didn't realize that like, look, here's the thing. 
If you were in middle school in the 90s, you know Casey and JoJo because they played that fucking song at every dance you every went to. Every single dance. Every, every dance. dance I went to. And I didn't go to a lot of dances, but every dance I did go to, Casey and JoJo was playing. All my life. And if you want to hear more about that song, Wait, you can listen to the life. first time we talked yeah, about seriously. the Now series. <laughs> Guys, this is going to be a thing every year. Get ready for it. I hope you're ready for it. We're Bill O'Reillying this? this shit. Yeah. Fuck it. We're doing point, it live. No, at this point, we might be enough beers deep where we're just Bill O'Reillying it. Pretty much. Because that's what you need to do for every now episode. Yeah. It's just get really drunk. Get drunk. Like, and fuck it. Do you remember <laughs> the 90s? <sighs> but soon, if we do more of these, it's going to be the 2000s. Oh, no. The next, oh, no, next year will be a 2000s. Ooh. Ooh boy. Oh, Guys. Oh, boy. Just wait till next year. It's going to be a mess. But in the meantime, what's your next one? Well, let's continue on to our journey. Mm. With with not a pop song. A pretty good song. A good song. I'm I'm down for this song. All right. All, All right. right. This is Fatboy Slim's The Rockefeller Skank. finger dancing real hard to this song yo this is a great fucking jam and you know what i don't like fat boy slim uh, well you're wrong actually i'm surprised that you don't like him but you like this song i like this song because this this is the least played out fat boy slim song that i have heard oh see i felt like this was one of the most after it's... praise you granted i know you hate praise you i hate praise you i know granted after about a minute and a half of this song, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with this song. I'm done. Yeah, unless um, I'm like, unless it's just playing in the background, I can't listen to the full yeah. thing. Like, I, it's too. And I Fat, love Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy Slim is way too fucking repetitive for me. They he had one song that was played on the radio in the last couple years, at least in our local radio for the last couple years. And I'm like, this song is like eight minutes long and i can't fucking deal with it it you know was it too much the next time we're in a you know what next time we're in a long car ride together i would rather listen to the shit that was not singing. yes i'm gonna make you listen to there's a whole like amazing house album he did it's just like the essentials by fat boy slim and like paul van dyke was like the other disc in it and there were two of them it's like the essentials with paul van dyke and fat boy slim really well i don't love paul van dyke because he's a little too trance for me and i don't love trance and like Fatboy Slim's a bit more house, so I'm really into the Fatboy Slim one. I'll play you that. I'll play you that whole one because each song's only about like three minutes, maybe four. And it's yeah. like house can have a repetitive nature to it. But the interesting and fun thing about house is like you're really into the rhythms and the grooves. And so if you're either driving or dancing, perfect. Yeah, which is <laughs> or running makes me. It's great running music. It makes me wonder what the fuck is wrong with me because like I can listen to Prague all day. But like, <laughs> but like, yeah, Fat can. Boy Slim. The second he repeats the same thing like a third time, I'm like, I'm done. I'm over done it. Done with this. Leave me alone. <laughs> no. Give me this 20 minute prog metal song. Though. Yeah, but 
Like, give me a fucking Rush song or, like, the longest Devin Townsend song you can possibly find. I'm like, (gasps) just your pants. Just my pants. When I've gone on before about how Fatboy Slim is actually a very good DJ, a lot of people just know him for his mainstream stuff. I think I would like him more if I went to a live show. Oh, my. And he was DJing. I think I would be far more impressed with that. I could die happy if I went to see Fatboy Slim and just fucking danced my ass Mm -hmm. off for hours. It'd be so good. Well, his lesser known work, again, far superior to his mainstream hits. I I don't mind Rockefeller's Gang, but like, yeah, it's mainstream and it's just, it doesn't do it as much for me as his other stuff. Mm -hmm. The album this song is from, You've Come a Long Way Baby, is about as mainstream as Fatboy Slim got, though. Like, his biggest hits were off this one. Like, it had Praise You, it had Gangsta Trippin'. Rockefeller Skank is the second single by Fatboy Slim to chart on Billboard, peaking at number 76. This was also the time that pop music was dabbling a lot more in techno. I mean, you had yeah. Prodigy, you had Fatboy Slim. Um, but also fucking Prodigy, man. Oh, Prodigy. Ugh, Ripperoni. Yes, absolutely. Well, so this song came out at the perfect time. Like, throughout most of the 90s Daft Punk mm-hmm. you had just like these random pockets of like we really into techno and like it would hit the billboards mm-hmm. but I, I mean the and, nice, and I, guess, I guess Moby we're not going to talk about Moby <laughs> we're not going to talk about Moby he can get thrown out with R. Kelly they didn't do the same things <laughs> but he's getting thrown out ah! with R. Kelly <laughs> you burnt you burnt Moby <laughs> The song contains about five samples overall, the most notable and obvious being Vinyl Dog Vibe by the Vinyl Dogs. Um, However, the original line, that's where you get the whole basically quote unquote lyrics. Mm -hmm. The original line actually went, check it out right about now. It's no other than the funk soul brother, the Lord Finesse. But he chopped it up. So it's like, check it out now. The funk funk soul brother. brother. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. In order to be able to get clearance to release the song... Fatboy Slim had to pay royalties for each sample, because remember, there's five, so it's splitting about 20% per artist, which obviously adds up to 100%, which meant he actually collects no royalties on the song. Wow. So, like, credit where credit's due. Like, he made sure that the people who he got this, his samples from got the fucking yeah. credit. I mean... And, like, 20% for a royalty I, is good. I may not care for his music very much, but... I've never heard a bad thing about Fatboy Slim. I'm sure he's a lovely person. So. And he has to work with David Byrne sometimes. <laughs> so you should feel talk, bad for him. Talk about grounded. <laughs> Again, talk about a grounded individual. I like David Byrne. I'm not trying to burn David Byrne. But he does seem like a pain in the ass to work with. Oh, he's a pain in the fucking ass I love ass his music. He's probably a pain in the ass. Though. Yeah. And you know what? I stand by that. That's not even really a dig it's not i'm sure he would be like yeah i'm not pleasant to work with he knows it he knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing he does we clearly don't because we've been going for a long ass time and we're like not even halfway through that's fine oh i'm sorry are you ready i'm not sorry are you ready oh are you ready for the best fucking song on this goddamn compilation guys do you remember new metal do you remember it do you do you remember it? Do you want to remember it? You're going to remember it right now? Because Nookie! But Lip Should I be feeling bad? Should I be feeling good? It's kind of sad. I'm the laughing stock of the neighborhood. And you would think that I'd be moving on. But I'm a sucker like I said. Fucked up in the head. And maybe she just made a mistake. And I should give her a break. My heart will hate either way. Hey, what the hell would you want me to 
fucking minute because this song is just so like it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But you know what? It was like the epitome of new metal bullshit. I loved it. I'm not even gonna lie. I had some limp biscuit kickwear pants. I mean, I was so here for that. I, okay, wait. So rewinding back to our conversation about like, like who did you have crushes on when you were like middle school, high school? Have- Wes Boylan. Don't, no, I know. Hold, hold that. Oh, I'm holding hold, it. I'm holding hold it. that until it's the here. end. It's in my hand. Hold it till the All end. All right, go ahead. Okay. Yes. This song was off their second album, Significant Other. <laughs> We'd already been introduced to Limp Bizkit by way of their previous record, $3 Bill Y'alls. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid. And so fucking stupid. Which had their abominable cover of Faith by George it's Michael on it. It's so fucking bad, guys. Good. Don't. Don't YouTube that right now. I know you want to. Don't fucking do don't it. Don't fucking do it, though. Don't give them those hits. Don't do it. Building off the Are you po- doing it? You're fucking Stop. doing it. What Knock it do? off. We told you, you not to. Don't do it. Fuck. Get out. Building off the popularity of that, Significant Other became a huge hit for Limp Bizkit, and Nookie skyrocketed them to levels of popularity no other new metal band would achieve. Corn, Except for Corn. Corn. Anyway, the premise of the song is pretty simple. Girl cheats on Guy. Guy is upset. Guy keeps going back to the girl. Guy finally kicks her for good and then insists he did it all for the sex. He didn't, though. He didn't. The music video is pretty straightforward, too. Or is it? Oh, no. The video shows Fred Durst wearing a giant puffy coat like a snowpocalypse is headed his way. No, that shit with the red hat. And all of a sudden, a bunch of hot chicks start following him down the street. Coincidentally, these girls are dressed like they're about to hit the boardwalk with LFO in case in a case of Smirnoff Ice. More like Twisted Teas back then, right? Oh, I was all about the Smirnoff. I don't know. You did it all for the Smirnoff? Yeah. The Smirnoff? Yeah. So you could have a bad Take- hangover? <laughs> oh, worse. But the weather patterns in this video... Are very confusing. They are. They're really confusing. They're quite confusing. And the concept of this video was apparently a response to people demonizing Limp Bizkit for supposedly inciting riots at Woodstock 99. Wait, this was after Woodstock 99? Like, right after Woodstock 99. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. At the end of the video, Fred Durst gets arrested for throwing an impromptu show at an alley or whatever yeah alluding to the band being persecuted for the role in woodstock 99 you started a fucking riot yeah also can we talk about how all my female friends in high school thought west borland was really fucking hot what the fuck he's not hot like as an adult i see my errors if you go and watch this video now he's all in his makeup and he's got the weird contacts like yes he is very much not attractive but maybe it was because, like, in comparison to the rest of Limp Bizkit, <laughs> he was a fucking oasis in a desert of just in comparison, balding fat men. In comparison to the rest of Limp Bizkit, he was tall. And that was basically it. He was tall. He's tall and skinny. Hey, what's my type? Tall well, and tall. skinny. Actually, it's not even You're tall and skinny. Tall. It's at it's least just tall. tall. It's, it's just, just tall. tall. Like, oh, but would like- you make me feel short? Great. And he was weird. Actually, no, in high school, tall and skinny was my type. As an adult, I'm like, tall, just make me feel short. But also, like, looking back on it, if you look at his hair, 
he tried really hard not to show it, but he had a natural, he had what I call a butt cut. Yeah. Which is. His natural part was like directly in the middle. The natural like middle part that just like separated right in the middle and just kind of stuck out. And his it hurricane like was like in the middle of his head. Yes, it was. And if he didn't have the makeup and the contacts on, yeah. he just kind of looked white trashy. Yeah. Which is fine if you like that look, but I mean, but he played a six or he played a seven string guitar. Ashley, I don't give a shit. He didn't play it very well because obviously he was in Limp Bizkit and that didn't do anything for him, did it? I'm not gonna apologize for who I am as a person, <laughs> but I I do think we need to take a hot break here. Oh, we do because I need to get really into the decadence of this decadence beer. Mm, yes. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. You ready oh, for wow. some more? I mean, because we you? got more. I know. You're probably like, wow, guys, it's been over an hour and you're still doing this shit. We yep. are. We still got a lot. So let's try to fucking pick up the pace. But we are going to talk about a good, what I think is you a know good what? song. Probably the best song on this playlist. I'm going to say it. Best band on this the playlist. The best song on this CD originally. 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 Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that quite second. soon. But for right now, let's listen to. Garbage special. I really fucking love garbage. Yeah. I love garbage. And you know, it kind of pisses me off because I often hear people criticizing garbage for being garbage. But they're and I not don't garbage. understand why people criticize them so much. I think Shirley Manson is fucking amazing. Oh my god, she's a beautiful voice. And she's gorgeous. And I don't think that Butch Vague gets the accolades he deserves. Yeah. For his production and for his contributions to Garbage. Yeah, seriously. Garbage is a very underrated band. And Even their newer and stuff. Like, they put out stuff a few years ago, and it's still really fucking yeah. good. And lest you forget, Butch Vig produced Nevermind by Nirvana. Oh, but He why? had a huge hand in the success of that album that changed rock music forever. Some say for the better, some say for the worse. But I would say better. I would say better. I would agree. So, mm. yes. Garbage. Love you. This song was actually already doing really well in the UK and Australia, and it became a bit of a sleeper hit in the US. Yeah, so it did. It, it actually didn't take off right away. It I kind of not. remember being played just like on the alternative channels, because yeah. that was mostly what I listened to. And then all of a sudden one day it's like on the pop channels, in MTV, all that jazz. Yep. Um, it peaked at number 18 in the Billboard mainstream charts. So, I mean, for an alternative hit, pretty good. Yeah. For the recording of the entire album, Garbage was influenced by music of old and wanted to go for that sound, but still making it like modern music of today. And this was 
garbage version 2.0. You got it. Did they? Is this the album they did the cover of a Beach Boys song? Oh, I don't remember. I'd I have can't to look remember. that up later. You can look it up right now. That you are allowed to look up right now. <laughs> and you might not even realize all the older music that plays a part in this actual song. For example, at the beginning of each line during the verse, there is this multi-tracked harmony of Shirley Manson singing, I. Yep. This is actually sung as a sample from the Beatles' All I've Got to Do. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the song, you'll hear We Were the Talk of the Town, and it's in the same styling as Chrissy Hine in the Pretender song Talk of the Town. Oh. And originally- I knew that kind of sounded right, familiar. familiar. Right? Yeah. And then you well, hear shit. that, and you're like, once somebody says that to you, you're like, I feel like an idiot for just knowing that off the top yeah. of my head. Well, originally she just ad-libbed it while they were just at first writing the whole song. But mm-hmm. the band liked it so much that they wanted to keep it. And Shirley didn't want to just bite off the pretenders. So she personally asked Christy herself for permission to use that lyric. I sent her an email or a fax, whatever we did in the 90s. Oh, fax. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Without even hearing it first, the pretenders were fine with garbage using their lyrics. I'm surprised by that i think that they just really respected what garbage was doing maybe it's you know because what? it's you a should. band with a female front but you so know what? they're like you know what i get it like garbage i think had at that point really shown their chops i mean chrissy hind hasn't been known to be uh super nice Really? Because you, even, let, even, you let mighty might was it mighty mighty boss tones who covered uh their christmas song was it two thousand miles or whatever 1,000 miles? Oh, I have no 9, idea. I don't know. I don't know. 900 miles? It's a bunch of miles for Christmas. You say Mighty Mighty Boston's and I just glaze over. <laughs> she so. did, though. She was cataracts <laughs> now. Um, But the, Chrissy Hine is not known to be super kind to other female artists. Interesting. So I'm surprised but not surprised. I mean, that I, she's that she was so kind to garbage and being like, no, maybe she just this, maybe like fine. she was like, Shirley Manson, you're one of the few women I like. You may take Honestly, this. Honestly, I would equate Chrissy Hine and Shirley Manson more than I would any other yeah. female artists, I guess. Yeah. So good for her. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean, even still, Shirley sent it to them because she didn't want anyone to think that the song was some sort of dig on the classic band. Due to the nature of the lyrics. Because mm-hmm. the song deals with a friendship gone wrong. Shirley had a friend that ultimately ultimately let her down as she felt maybe like she set standards too high for them. Ooh, story of my life. Fucking story of my life though, right? So she wrote special to deal with the feelings of betrayal and disappointment from that fallen friendship. This is exactly why I don't say I have a best friend anymore because any person Damn. that I ever had that I said was a best friend was a toxic person so i will not say that anymore because i don't want that garbage i've got see and i do like the opposite i'm like everyone's my best friend i'm friends with everybody (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like nah i'm a capricorn you have to really try hard to get into this bubble i'm a pisces and i love you and i'm just gonna cradle you you. bubble so hard oh my god i love all the bubbles i love bubbles oh cute Garbage bubbles. <laughs> That's they my life. They pop and just like 
dumpster like falls trash, out. Like a banana trash. peel falls on my head. Like, that's my life. Banana peels and coffee grounds just fall in your I head. I put everybody that I love in this bubble, in a bubble, and if you <laughs> pop, it's just banana peels fall on my head. But you're that fucking squirrel. You're that possum that digs into that garbage, and you're like, this is great. This is great. I'm fine with that. You know what? I somebody's love, I love garbage. You're that trash panda. Somebody's got to be that trash panda and I will be that trash panda. You're the trash panda of our dreams. Yeah, I'm the trash panda America deserves. <laughs> and the one America's getting. Yeah, that's what you got, bitches. Speaking of trash panda. Speaking of trash. So what should So it should have come up. We we okay. So We've taken some liberties. So we've we shoulda coulda woulda but covered uh, the next song, which is If I Could Turn Back the Hands of Time by R. Kelly, which is so apropos. <laughs> so apropos. <laughs> I can't like, even. I can't even process like how appropriate that is. However, however, I cannot talk about R. Kelly right now. It's bullshit. I can't. I cannot. I'm not doing We're it. I'm not doing it. So what I did... Yeah. Was I looked up the top songs from 1999. Yeah. And I chose the one that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Which is. Which also works. Which also works with this. And I chose the number two song of 1999, which is No Scrubs by TLC. And they write, though. Apropos, who wants a scrub? Also, R. Kelly's a fucking scrub. Oh, R. Kelly, I mean, what's... he's the king of scrubs. He is the scrub king. Scrub king. Scrub king. I don't even want it. I think that's too nice. You know what? I feel like Neutral Milk Hotel should like make a oh song called God. Scrub King. Scrub King. And like just make fun of R. Kelly because he deserves it. Here for it. You deserve to be made fun of by the whitest white band that ever whited. Yeah. Milk Honestly, is in their name. It's, they're not fooling anybody. So. Here for it. But anyway, let's talk about No Scrubs instead yes. of R. Kelly because yes. fuck R. Kelly. Yes. So during a time when the R&B and rap markets were saturated with misogyny and booty dancing, No Scrubs became the feminist anthem that 1999 didn't know it needed. But when we got it. But we got it. And it was so good. And we so loved good. it. Also, like, super happy to have TLC back. Exactly. I'll get to that. Okay. Calling out all the shitty deadbeats that try to get in their pants, TLC not only got themselves the second most popular song of 1999, only behind Believe by Cher. Fair enough. But they put a new word into the English vernacular. What well, scrubs was in the vernacular, I thought. Mm, what is a scrub? We all asked ourselves in 99. I didn't. First of all, it was a regional slang f- term from Atlanta, meant to describe a deadbeat with no game, no car, no money, and lives at home with his mom. He may dream big, but he can't even get off his lazy ass. In 2009 speak, he's a total chad. 
Ooh. Oh, he's a Chad. But not like an incel Chad, just like a regular Chad. Like a, a regular Chad that lives with mom and Oof. like tries to get a girl, whereas incels don't even try. Or yeah. they try on the internet and that's not. That's not really true. That's not really true. No Scrubs was the first single off the album Fan Mail, TLC's long-anticipated follow-up to Crazy Sexy Cool. Ugh, that fucking and album. And boy, did it deliver. Mm-hmm. It also helped the group recover from bankruptcy after losing all their money in a truly horrible record deal with Pepitone Records. Yep. The male response to the song was twofold. A lot of guys checked themselves. Good. But then there were guys like those in the rap group Sporty Thieves oh. who got so butthurt oh. they released a response song called No Pigeons. Yeah, which went nowhere. Nowhere. Did I mention that it went nowhere? Nowhere. But TLC and the song's writers Candy Burress and Tamika Cottle of the girl group Escape oh, yeah. got the last laugh. Sporty Thieves uses the same melody. So TLC and the writers got all the fucking royalties. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yep. That's amazing. They got paid because Sporty Thieves were fucking stupid and sampled their own song. Yeah, I remember because I would sometimes plop on the top 40 channels. I still do. Um, Uh I always try to stay relevant, I guess. But I also just want to find some little nugget in the bullshit of pop music. Just to have some kind of hope. Some kind of like a last shred of fucking decency. But I remember, like, you know, how all the top 40 stations have dumbass talk radio in the morning. And Uh I remember them playing that song. And I was like, this is dumb. Like, they're not even good rappers. No. It has no good sound. It doesn't have a balance. It was released literally one month after No Scrubs was released. And it was bad. It was terrible. It was so hasty, so not good. It wasn't even a formidable response to No Scrubs. It really wasn't. Not at all. But not like special garbage. Just regular garbage. Just regular garbage. But I mean... TLC was back in full force with this song. They took like almost five years between Crazy Sexy Cool and Mm -hmm. Fan Mail. And I remember people like, when's TLC getting another album? What are they doing? How come it's taking so long? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like five... Years, it really isn't that much time anymore. It isn't. Because you know what? What? Lisa Dumper in the house down. Oh, God. I can't wait till we do our TLC episode. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> Fucking buckle up for that one. But that won't be for a bit. I'm so excited. Next. Next. What? So, Who even is this? Yeah. So we're going to hit a little weird lump here, kids. Oh, where, yeah. Yeah. Where no. there's going to be a nice handful of songs. You're going to be like. I don't what? know this. Or maybe you will know this and be like, why don't you know this? Maybe. But maybe. I, just looking at it, I don't know this song. This is by the group Ideal, and it's called Get Gone. Okay. You alone, alone. So get your bags. Yeah. And get the hell on. Oh. See, because I don't want you no more. I don't want you no more. I think you better leave, leave. me alone. Hey, yeah, come here for a minute. <laughs> we may not have listened to most of this. Well, hold on, I have listened to this song a couple times, but I don't think you listened to most of it. I never listened because to we definitely spent the majority of that time going, "Hey, hey, come here, come here for, for a minute." minute. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then because laughing hysterically. That's, that's how R&B songs started <laughs> in the 90s. Like, hey, hey, girl. Give me a full minute. Or like, what's up, girl? Um, I've been watching you. Like, it is, like, just the most generic R&B boy band oh, song at the t- ever generic R&B so boy generic. band. There's really not a ton on this because probably, yeah, the R- the label was like, hey, we're just going to throw whatever on here They're to just make some popularity. They're just going to jerk it out and then, you know, yeah, pretty much. let it do what it does. And you jerk it out. <laughs> Ideal comprised yeah. of four members. <laughs> You're gonna laugh. The brothers go. Maverick, who were called Cotton and Swab, which I know so, no. is just stupid and ridiculous. It's so stupid. <laughs> you can't okay. actually I'm handle. Trying it. to rein myself in because these names are so stupid. Well, just wait, because their cousin was Peasy. No. And their high school friend Jay Dante. Jay Dante. And they were all part of Ideal. Okay. They were the ideal members oh, were of they? ideal. Were they? Oh. I mean, like, I don't know. Okay. Yep. All right. This song is off their eponymous release, which was their debut and final album. <laughs> and you know what? It went gold. Well, how? I never heard of this. I mean, I guess that doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit to me. I think mayonnaise is spicy. So. <laughs> oh, my God. She I does, mean... though. All right. And actually, they did have another album in the works in the early aughts. However, it just didn't work. It just didn't work out. They didn't complete it. Therefore, nothing was released. They actually had a lead <laughs> they single. Cotton and swab. <laughs> they swabbed out with all that kind. I mean, maybe. I hope not. They're brothers. The lead single that was supposed to be off of that album, too, was going to feature CeeLo Green called Making Time. But again, oh, wait, nothing what happened. year is this? This was like the early 2000s. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't long before you had um, Narls Barkley. So it makes sense. I guess, I mean, Narls Barkley came out when I was in college. Yeah. So, so this checks. Mid aughts. Yeah, this was the early aughts. So, yeah. But honestly, I mean, this, I don't know. This song didn't really do anything. You know what didn't? Do it for me either. Yeah. This is the next song. Oh, what is it? Uh Shantae's Got a Man by Shantae Moore. You know, though, I've never heard this song, but for what it's worth, I feel it. Like, I yeah. feel like that soulful, like... She has a great voice. She does have a really nice voice. I kind of wish she was a lot bigger than she was. Yeah. This is actually a pretty good song, too. But for real, I legit don't remember this song at all. No. And I couldn't find a whole lot on it, or on Shantae Moore, either, except that she's worked with Casey and... Casey and JoJo. Oh. And R. Kelly before. Look, a lot of people have worked with R. Kelly. Yeah. So, but this whole records playlist kind of makes a lot more sense to me now. Yeah. She wrote this song for her then husband, Kadeem Hardison. Mm -hmm. The name might not sound familiar to you, 
But you may remember him as Dwayne Wayne from A Different World. Oh, my God. Like the main character from A Different World. Oh, my God. With the flip up sunglasses. That is Dwayne Wayne. Oh. The song itself was certified gold and became a top 10 hit. But I don't remember it. And that's all I got to say about that. I mean, it actually is a pretty smooth jam, though. It is. It's a good, like, it's a good getting down kind of song. Yeah. And, like, female empowerment. Like, yo, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that your man's a piece of shit. But I got a man. But I got a man. I ain't fucking with your man. And, like, go for her. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do that shit. It might be tempting. Don't Don't do do that shit. Word. Be better than that. Next. Yeah, wow. That's the only thing that sucks with these albums when they do, like, just the randos is you're like, there's, they never, nothing there's came nothing. from them. And I get it, you're trying, which is great. But, but some- I don't think that this is reflective. And sometimes they deserve more than we can find oh, out. But- honestly, truth. She definitely has that real go-go voice and mm-hmm. she deserved more. I mean, she's still doing music and um, I just hope she separated herself from R. Kelly. So. I think we've all separated ourselves from R. Kelly. God, I hope so. And to further separate ourselves from R. Kelly, <laughs> I'm going to go to our next song, which is as far from R. Kelly as you can get. Thank fucking God. It is, well, maybe not as far, but it's far enough. Yeah. It is Blessed Union of Souls. Hey, Leonardo. She likes me for me. And she don't care that I can fly her to places she ain't never been. She really wants to go. I think deep down she knows that. All she has to say is when. She likes me for me. Not because I hang with Leonardo or that guy who played in Fargo. I think his name is Steve. She's the one for me. So I want to create something called Blessed Union of Solos that is like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but for guitar solos. And it's just like one second clips of so of like, and that's it. Yes. I'm here for that. I am. Winner. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's how we're going to make our thousands. Yes. Blessed Union of Solos. That's what we're going to do. Blessed Union of Solos. It could also be rock like a Hall of Fame for one hit wonders. Blessed Union of solos oh my god i'm so here for that right yes let's do it all right we're doing it blessed union of souls is our first inductee because i think they had a guitar solo no they're one hit wonders wait oh okay i thought it was guitar solos we can do either or or both who the fuck cares i guess you're right but they're not one hit wonders all right hold up wait they're they're not not one hit wonders no what what okay hold up i don't remember any hold up wait a minute ain't nothing tutti frutti Get on the floor and drop that booty. What? Yeah. All right. If anything sweeps me back to freshman year of high school, it's this fucking song. That and Tal Bachman's She's So High. Um, But yes, those songs fucking sweep me back to those days. Oh, definitely. And there's not a ton about even Blessed Union of Souls, let alone this song. It's just a straightforward, cute little song about a guy who thinks he's not good enough, but his girlfriend is still all about him, which is like, oh, that's sweet. That's, that's nice. cute. Oh, and he actually appreciates that this woman thinks the fucking world of him Aww. and like doesn't care that he's not Leonardo DiCaprio. Was this song just a ploy to get Leonardo DiCaprio's attention? I think it was. It really was. There really isn't much to discover, except I didn't know that they spelled their name with an I. So it's B-L-E-S-S-I-D, Union of Souls. Why? Blessed Union of Souls. Why? And you're saying that 
you thought they were one hit wonders. Do you not remember the song? I believe love is the answer. I believe. Oh, vaguely. Love will find a way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Blessed Union of Souls. Yes. I had no idea. That was their first hit. This is like their second. Well, no shit. Good for them. Yeah. They also. You know what? Good for them. Proving me wrong. They just. You know what? You should like them for them. And not because they wrote. Not because they're two hit wonders. Two hit wonders. Yeah. (laughs) They also wrote a song for the Pokemon movie. And that's how you know they fucking made it. Wait. Wait, the recent Pokemon? No, no, no. That's Detective Pikachu, which is a Pokemon movie, but it's not the Pokemon movie. The Pokemon movie was the one <laughs> with Mew. That's a Pikachu movie, not the Pokemon movie. That's different. The Pokemon movie was the one with Mew and Mewtwo. And they what? wrote a song. It was like two brothers. It's just two brothers. It's not two brothers. I think it's just brothers. And the point is, they played it during the Mew and Mewtwo fight. I'm a nerd. Fight me. I'm gonna. <laughs> After she this. might when this is all over. I just might. I'm gonna Depends get on how this ends. All right. Well, <laughs> what do we got next? Oh, we actually have like a song that I like. Oh, shit. It's called uh, Why I'm Here by Oleander. That's some fucking 90s That's some 90s fucking rock jams. Rock jams. Pop them up. I kind of get the impression that Oleander were a little bit ahead of their time. A little bit. Maybe? I think they were definitely more of an early aughts band. They were like three years ahead of they their They were like time. an Incubus-esque band. Yes. Yes. They would have done fucking fantastic if Incubus had come out first. Mm, yes. Why I'm Here was a big hit for them, but it was basically their only hit. I'm not sure why other post-grunge bands caught on, but they didn't. Yeah. Especially because this is arguably the best rock song on the Now compilation. Mm, I'd argue special by Garbage. Yeah. Hard rock. <sighs> and also it's kind of like the only hard rock. Like legit like. No. All right. You know what? No. Like, I wanted- if we're going between the two songs, I would actually say that special might be a little harder. This is pretty light until the chorus. Garbage as a whole. <laughs> it's better than whole. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Yup. But garbage as a whole is better than Oleander. Yes. Period. Yeah. I would say special is one of garbage's weaker singles. And I would agree with that. Um, But why I'm here is Oleander's strongest single. All right. So I would still, though, tie garbage's weaker single with, with Oleander's, Oleander's stronger single. Yeah. All right. But nevertheless, they had their hit and then drifted off into the ether soon after. They contributed songs to a bunch of soundtracks and TV shows. Why I'm Here was even featured on Dustin's Creek. Oh. But the band would soon break up only a few years later in 2004. Oh. The first band member to leave was drummer Scott Devours, who left to join I'm a Robot. If I'm a Robot sounds somewhat familiar, yeah, it's because the lead singer, Alex Eber, is sometimes better known as Edward Sharp of Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. I didn't know that. Really? I actually know I'm a Robot. 
Yeah. I didn't know. You didn't know that? Holy shit. Yeah. He's Edward. He's quote unquote Edward Sharp. Yes. 100. Okay. 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 No, 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 no. Hold on. I feel like this needs to be like a whole entire mythos episode. No, it's pretty quick. Oh. So Alex Ebert was in I'm a Robot. He was a fucking drug addict. So he went to rehab. That is where he met uh, what's her face the the chicken Edward Sharp yeah 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 he pretend- Mrs Sharp Mrs Sharp he, that's where he met Mrs Sharp um he pretend- <laughs> that's degrading to her and I'm sorry she's okay I don't know much about her I no I know. just I mean like, I know her she name is Jade have a name okay her name is Jade okay um so they met in rehab in rehab he created this whole mythos of Edward Sharp in his head oh my god pretended he was that he kicked drugs and left rehab didn't kick the drugs oh my god and then he and jade made edward sharp and the magnetic zeros while yeah. he was high out of his mind and then um still is doing edward sharp but she left she fucking booked it out of Good there for you girl because she was in a relationship with him too but yeah. she was like fuck this shit i'm out of here and she booked it and like yeah right before the edward sharp's second album came out she was like nah i'm good i'm Dude, good i'm kind of into this weird mythos though it's ridiculous wow alex eber is a fucking crazy pants piece of shit kind of like his music but also i hate him like it's like a hate listen to me yeah yeah yeah. edward sharp and i'm a robot are a hate listen for me I like a couple because of i just both of their songs me too i like i like it but i hate it yeah no i just like it and there you go that's it that's, that's edward sharp's and edward sharp in the magnetic is that zeros. also it for oleander that's it for oleander was half it was half edward sharp wow oleander isn't even interesting enough to keep their own like we were like yo but let's talk about edward sharp and the magnetic zeros yep honestly though i was kind of here for that song i I, for that story i am here for this song it's good i like it it's good yeah i'm here for all of it yeah i'm not as much here for this i mean if it makes you feel any better a little bit of trivia. They are from North Carolina, and or- oleander is a plant that lines a lot of the highways in the South. Oh, it is poisonous. Oh, don't eat it. Okay. Um, wasn't gonna. And that's what they're named after. Good for them. Mm-hmm. All right. Next. Well, let's continue on with like randos, I guess. Sure. <laughs> and this song is by Case, and it's called Happily Ever After. Ooh, it sounds explicit. So I asked you, would you do me the honor of being my wife? I will be your man, your protector, your best friend. Till my humble life is ended, and time begins again. So out of all the unknowns on this, this is my favorite. It's a nice smooth jam. This is a good one. No, it's not bad. I'm I'm into this. This is my solid number one of the unknowns. Shantae Moore is my second. Close second. Close second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember this at all. But it actually, no, I have no idea what song this is. 
But it is a nice, good, smooth jam. Uh-huh. And it reached number three on the Billboard R&B chart and number 15 on Billboard's Hot 100. Really? Yeah. And I feel like I listened to a lot of radio back then, too. So I just don't know why I didn't notice these songs. Yeah. I don't know how the hell this slipped by. It's a basic smooth jam. Mm-hmm. Nice, though. He's in love with a lady, wants her to be his wife. And that's about the depth of this one, though. I mean, it's just like, I'm in love with you. Why don't you be my wife? However, Ooh. Oh. interesting little bitty titty piece of trivia <laughs> about little this bitty song. bitty titty piece of trivia. <laughs> I would like you to know about the music video. Mm-hmm. You should go look it up. You want to know why? Because it features a little baby Beyonce as his love interest. (gasps) What? Yup. No shit. Yes. And she's just little 17 baby Beyonce. And like, there's parts where they're kind of getting like, not hot and heavy, but like, you know, they're like touching each other and he wanted to kiss her. And her dad was on set because she was only 17. He was like, nah, she's just 17. You can't kiss her. So they were just like. Like, and that makes me. Feel like, 17. but it makes Sorry. me feel like nice and warm. Like, like I feel like Beyonce just came from like this real loving family that was like, "I'm gonna watch out for you. Like, you're a woman, you're strong, you're independent. I want you to fucking do your thing, but also too though, I'm gonna watch out for you." Yeah, but her dad is highly problematic. <gasps> really, as a I actually don't know shit about her dad. Ooh, we could do a whole fucking episode. Um, we probably will do a whole fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, her dad is um. A dadager to the extreme. Oh, then never mind. You know what? Rewind, reverse it. I don't. Um, Her dad was overbearing on set and didn't want her to do anything. Yes. Okay, there we go. Yes. All right, never mind. I mean, I just read what the internet told me. And I don't think she has spoken to her dad in like 15, 20 years. Well, fuck Beyonce's dad then. That's what I got out of this song. Yeah, he's. He's a problematic person who hasn't talked to his child in a very long time, but still rides her coattails. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Well, for what it's worth, as far as Case goes, he's worked with a lot of big artists, actually, like Mary J. Blige, Foxy Brown, Ja Rule, Genuine, a bunch of others. So while maybe this wasn't something to stay in our memory banks, mm-hmm. he's at least made a bit of a name for himself as yeah. far as like producing and guesting goes. Yeah. And like you said, though, it is a pretty solid, smooth jam. Yeah. So I'll give it to him. I'm here for it. Yeah, this is like some nice, good, classic 90s smooth jam. Yeah. Like the next song, right? (laughs) So this is the second to last song. Yes. My last song on my list. fucking stuck out through all this. And boy, oh boy, do I not care about it. Yup. It is the hardest thing by 98 Degrees. First of all, too much fucking vibrato. Too much vibrato, Nick Second Lachey. of all, stop fucking jerking yourself off over like, I don't love you anymore and I and I have to be strong while you're really sad about the fact that I don't love you anymore. Oh, it's not even about that. Okay, what this song is about is the protagonist, who 
I'm assuming is like Nick, Nick Lachey, um, is in love with his mistress, but he has a girlfriend and he's telling his mistress, I can't be with you anymore because my girlfriend deserves better than me fucking some other girl. Shut yes. the fuck up. And then they tried to fucking smarten it up by referencing Dr. Zhivago in the second verse. I'm like, fuck you, you piece of shit. This, I want to set this song on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I want to set this song on fire at 398 <laughs> degrees. You want to set this on fire at 98 degrees and rising because that's the name of their album. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But it really is. Sincerely, fuck this song. Fuck men who think like, <laughs> oh, but like, I feel really bad for you. I feel really bad that I'm breaking your heart. But like, fucking do you? I'm so fucking over it. I'm so fucking over it. Thank God we're not in 1999 anymore. Oh, good. We're only in 2019. And it's still happening. And it's still garbage. And it's still happening. And fuck this shit. I'm drunk. (laughs) I know. We both are. It's fine. Anyway, let me get to my notes. Please. Which are minimal at best. Minimal at best. Yet another offering from the bubblegum pop world that dominated the airwaves in 1999. The hardest thing was the second single off of 98 Degrees' album, 98 Degrees and Rising, which is the dumbest fucking (laughs) name. Dumbest fucking name ever. You take the cake. You are number one slot for dumbest fucking album name. Congratulations, 98 Degrees. Arguably the lesser boy band. Mm. And I capitalize that. Capital L, lesser, capital B, boy, capital B, band. Nice. 98 Degrees still had some decent hits, and this one included. There was one that I liked, kind of. I don't remember it. I don't either, but I know it happened. It's yet another tale of betrayal and cheating, as the protagonist in the story is cheating on his girlfriend with another woman. Oh, is life so hard for you? Oh, it's so hard. Oh, is it so hard to cheat on your girlfriend with another woman? It's so hard. Uh, And he loves this chick, but has to break up with her because it's just not fair to his actual girlfriend. I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't. This is a bullshit song. You know what? I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't give, give a, a fuck. fuck. I don't give a fuck about <laughs> you or anything that you do. Exactly. I don't care about Nick Lachey. I don't. Jessica Simpson was way better. And she's better off without him. She could have been way better. Now she's way better. Right. Yeah, That's what more... I mean. That's what I mean. Like, now. when she was with him. Yeah. No. No baroni. But. No baroni. But now that she's not with him, much better. Absolutely let's, much better off. Let's fucking. She is an in-law to Diana Ross right now, so yeah, she's way better off. She's doing good. She's doing good. She's fucking winning. Um, speaking of winning, let's win this fucking episode because you all have tucked in real tight in this long ass episode. To this finish is, it up, this is the real tight butthole part of this episode. It really is, though. It's a tight butthole. I would say that we've come full circle as far as our now episodes go. I would say that. Because we're going to finish up with Fastball, Out of My Head. Yes! See if you can somehow factor in. You know there's always more than one way to say exactly what you mean to say. Was I out of my head or was I out of my mind? How could I have ever been so blind? I was waiting for an indication. It was hard to find. No matter what I say, only what I do, I never mean to do bad things to you, so quiet.
you know what? Fucking hands down the best goddamn song on this playlist. Yes. Yeah. They saved the best. For, they Vanessa Williams this shit. They saved the best for fucking last. They did, though. They did. Yeah. Because they took the garbage that 98 Degrees just left me at, <laughs> and they brought up, like, you know what? Was I out of my head? Was I out of my mind? You know what? And if you're sad, it's I was, time you spoke up, too. I was definitely blind. Yeah. How could I have ever been so blind? I don't know. I was just waiting for an indication, but it was hard to it find. It was very, you know what? It was hard to find because it came at the end of this fucking it album. Was. It was. But remember last year when we talked about Fastball and how mm-hmm. we wanted to slit our wrists because The Way is a very sad song. It is a sad song and the story behind it is absolutely heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Well, good news, everyone. <laughs> good news, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> We're not going to want to drink the bleach after the song. God. Because maybe now... Felt like they had to make up for that. <laughs> Maybe Fastball felt they had to make up for Somebody it. Somebody had to make up for it. The song recently made its way back into my life a couple years ago, though. Yeah. I, I again, listen to Top 40 stations looking for a semblum of hope. Mm-hmm. that Maybe it's not something, garbage. Some, something to grasp onto. And a song came on, and I heard the chorus, and it was this chorus, slightly altered. Was it a cover? Yes and no. Did somebody sample it? Yes and no. Woman was singing, was I out of my head? Was I out of my mind? How could I ever been so blind? Uh-huh. And like, all I want to do is bad things to you. What? It's like this girl with like, all I want to do is bad things to you. I was being... It was, it was very this... much that kind of voice. Wait, what? And then there was rapping. But I was like... Was it Billie Eilish? No, it was not. Who are we? Talking? I won't even. I won't even give that to like Billie Eilish. I'll put above this, because when I heard the song, like, what the hell is this? This is fastball. This is that fastball song. But some chick is was it Lana it. Del Rey? It was not. It turns out it's been sampled by Machine Gun Kelly. No. For his song Bad Things. Oh fuck off, Machine terrible. Gun Kelly. And and the girls like Camille Carlisle. I don't fucking know her name. I didn't bother writing it down because it's garbage. It's bad, you. and it's all like how like this couple is like we're naughty and bad, and we break the law and kill people, and we're gonna have to die together. Like fastball, why did you allow this to happen? The worst part is they did an interview with Fastball's Tony Scalzo, who wrote it, right? And he said the new version is quote super youth oriented, and they changed around most of the lyrics and meaning. But he said that was innovative and awesome. But it's not. This is it's trash. These are canned responses. He fucking thinks it's shit, and yes. he just doesn't and want to badmouth it. I was talking to you about earlier off mic is that I don't like when artists feel like they have to be polite. You can say like, "Nah, man, that wasn't what I was going no, for." And this- I get you want to be relevant. Mm. You want to be interesting. Your fastball, you had two hits. I kind of feel like this is the same thing that happened with the most recent season of Black Mirror. Oh, with Trent Reznor being with, like, Miley Cyrus really renovated this, my song. I didn't know that she was going to do this, but then I watched the episode and it was really good. And I'm like, Trent you don't think that. fucking Reznor, when have you not spoken your mind? Fucking come on. He's just tired and... Just doesn't he's care tired anymore. and he's old and he's grumpy. I get it. I'm tired. I'm old and I'm grumpy too. But and he probably figures if he just gives it a pass, he can just walk away. You can't though. I'm holding you to I'm this. I'm holding Trent you to Ezra. your fucking because same, this is fucking same garbage. with you. Fastball. It's garbage. 
It is garbage. But as far as the original goes, out of my head has clear gospel influences, obviously. Wait, was Machine Gun Kelly even born when this came out? I don't fucking care. How old is Machine Gun Kelly? I don't fucking care. All I know is that he played fucking Tommy Lee in The Dirt. And also, that he keeps movie trying was to make goddamn garbage. He keeps trying to make beef with Eminem. Like, he's trying so hard <laughs> like to he make can himself win. relevant with beef with Eminem. Like, he can fucking win. Shut I don't even like Eminem that much, and I'm still like, shut up, Machine Gun Kelly. Sit down. We don't need more of you. Anyway, right. So back to Out of My Head, the original. Clearly has gospel influences. Yeah. A lot of that sweet organ sound. Absolutely. Tony said when he wrote it, he was trying to go for like a real slow ballad. Uh Because, I mean, they already had their hits, and he's like, all right, I got to... Want to slow it down a bit. He wanted kind of like this Elvis Costello thing thing going. I can see that. Real close to the mic. Just trying different things. It reflects a lot of things that he was feeling at the time as a struggling musician. Even though they had a record deal at the time, there was still the pressure to make another hit, create some longevity in their career. Yeah. Unfortunately, they never really made it super big, but they overall seem grateful for the time that they've had. Like, they've had, like, a major hit and, like, a minor hit with this one. Mm Mm-hmm. And... They're pretty much overall like, you know what? We did what we had to do. This is good. We're fine. Everything's fine. And they're still together. They're still together. They're still playing and they shows. Play shows. Um, and like, they're, they're, I, I respect them. They're highly underrated. Yeah. I think their music's actually really good. Yeah. And The Way is still a great song, even if it is sad. It is. As is this song. <laughs> this should be another karaoke song. I feel like this song is a little bit sadder than The Way. But that's only, I don't know. I think just the tone of the song is sadder. Yeah. Whereas the way the story behind it is sadder, but the the tempo keeps it up. Either way, respect to Fastball for, like, making yourself sad no matter what you fucking do. (laughs) Thanks for giving us the feel sad sad ball. (laughs) No, it's sad ball. Sad ball. (laughs) They're just sad ball now. And I'm okay with that. Yep. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. All right, kids, that's the end. And now that's what I call music three. Holy shit. Thank you so much for sitting in this with us. This was a slog for all of us involved, for all parties. But that's what happens. We drink, we get drunk, we talk about these songs because they do remind us of our youths. But I feel like this is going to be like the now tradition is an extra long episode full of fucking garbage. Yeah. (laughs) And drinking way more than we need to. Drinking way too much high percentage beers. Yeah. That's fine. These aren't even that high. But uh, anyway, yes. Thank you so much for listening. Without your listening and your just patronage and appreciations I don't think we would be here anymore. (laughs) I don't know what I'd be fucking doing with my life. So thank you because I fucking need this. We'd probably be drinking more. Um, I don't think my liver can handle more. I don't think my bank account can handle more. So it's probably good that we're not doing that. So thank you all so much for listening. You want to go ahead and head on to our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com, and you can come on, on episodes, send us an email if you'd like, or just follow us on our social medias, because we got the Instas, and we got Twitter, and we got Facebook. You know, we're we're up with what the kids are doing. Or leave us a nice review. On Apple that Podcasts. Would nice. That would be grand if you'd do that. We like that. We'd we get, like, that. really excited. No, we, got, we get super pumped. Yeah. Super, yeah. pu- super pumped. Super pumped. 
Also, please go ahead. Stop on by to Pantheon Podcasts. That's the network we're on. It's so good. There's so many good podcasts. There's so, so many good listens. If you love music, we've got whatever you fucking could ask for. So go ahead. We are part of a wonderful network. Visit them at Pantheon Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. For and sure. If you, if you feel so inclined, you can go on to our Patreon. Ooh. Rockcandy.com. Wait, is nope. it? Nope. Nope. That's wrong. It's patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast. That's true. That is what it is. That's what it is. And you can give us some monies. Give us some money. Because beer is expensive. And also like research materials, downloading music to play on these episodes. Printer ink. Like we we use that money for very resourceful, <laughs> logical things, guys. Yep. Like one hundred percent audio books and, been... and things like that. Yeah. And so... thank you to everyone who's given because you've helped us afford things. Because <laughs> we are broke as fuck right now, and without the Patreon, we wouldn't have been able to do a lot of things. So yeah, you guys have been wonderful. So thank you. And you know, you want to shout out on the episodes. You want some sweet bonus materials or swag? Some swags. Go ahead, donate. We're going to send all that shit to you for real. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. All right. So that is, I think we're at the end. We're going to call that it quits That is another now down. Another, another now down. Another now down. But uh, hey, come back next August. We'll do another because <laughs> that's what we do here at Rock Candy Podcast. We're here to satisfy you kids. And just wait. Next week, we'll have another fun-filled episode full of music and randomness and hilarity so if you like those things join in but until then party on ashley party on maggie and party on you crazy kids out there balls out thank you Woo!